0: This is Josh Stever with his business worker, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast. Thank you.
1: Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Usually, I have my partner, but she had something come up, so you've got just me today.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I normally would have the other guys behind me here too, but uh, I just started a third shift job, so uh, I just woke up. So you got oh, me today.
1: I worked third shift for eleven years. Horrible.
0: Sorry about that.
1: No, that's fine. Yeah, I worked third shift for like eleven years. It takes its toll on you for sure.
0: Yeah, I just uh, I'm doing it through uh, school. I'm trying to get a degree, and uh, third shift will allow me to see my kids still and go to school. So. I- I'd rather uh I'd rather have my kids' time and have to give up a little of my own time. So
1: I, I agree with you. It just takes a toll on your body after a while for sure.
0: Yes, it does. <laughs> anyway,
1: let's talk about asbestos worker. Sounds good. So for those not familiar, can you give us the two-sentence elevator pitch?
0: Uh we are uh we are a very socially conscious noise rock band. Okay. Fair enough. That's about the best way to explain it, I think.
1: Okay. When you say socially conscious, are you
0: tackling like today's issues? Uh, I I do a lot of today's issues and uh, I use music as kind of a form of therapy. So uh, I oftentimes like writing about things that might seem sort of mundane, but you, you know, still have a, a tendency of creeping into people's lives and, and, and driving it in a certain direction.
1: Okay. So your your new record, or This Is Hell, is... No, nope, The done. Separation. Oh, and This Is Hell is the single? Y- yes. Yeah. Sorry, I got it backwards. But The Separation, no is there a message or something you want your fans to take away from away from after listening to The Separation or even The Single? this is hell.
0: Um, well you, the, the main thing I like is to find some, some relatability, you know, uh, being that I, I use music as kind of a therapy session. Uh, I also listen to music in, in that same sort of way, you know, and I'm drawn to music that, that ties me to it emotionally. Right. Uh, so ultimately, you know, uh, the, the subject matter is really dark, but I, I tend to try to end my songs with, you know, this is a bleak outlook currently, but there's always hope. You know, it, it's not a complete nihilistic view of everything sucks. So let's just give up. It's these things suck really bad. But if, if we could get through them, the other side's a hell of a lot better. And I think based
1: on the art, you know, our current climate, United States and the world in general, that's needed, right? Because we're all in yeah. this sort of fucked up limbo state, I guess is the best way to put it. So you need some sort of hope on the end. And I think you hit it right on the
0: head when you said music is therapy. It's super cathartic, right? Yep. Yep. And ultimately when this band really took shape, you know, when I, I first started playing music, I got caught up in, in, in some of the things that a lot of musicians do in making sure that I wrote songs that impressed other musicians. Right. And when I stopped caring so much about the technicality and what I was writing and just wrote pieces that, that had an emotional response just from the music itself. And then you just find a lyric content that finds that emotion. That's when I really came into, into my, my spot. You know, that's when I really started writing songs that I I felt were worth sharing
1: and i think the way you just mentioned doing it makes it more organic and real possibly yeah yep do you feel a sense of responsibility then in writing your lyrics for your fans to listen to or you just kind of putting it out there and hoping they connect
0: i i I personally i kind of just put it out there uh I have a tendency of believing that with the amount of people on this planet, you know, the the, the things that I feel, I guarantee there's people out there that probably match my, uh, you know, my fervor, what my belief system. And so I put out what I feel out there and I, I let other people take what they want out of it. You know, I interpret songs from other people sometimes, maybe not necessarily the way they intended it, but I, I took something off of it and I, and I like to hold that
1: you ever feel too vulnerable or you put too much of
0: yourself into a song? Oh, absolutely. Um, the The first song on this album actually is probably one that uh, I'm not sure if we'll ever play it live. Just because uh, when I wrote the song, I, I can listen to that song and I can put myself right back into the situation that, that created that mindset. And it's difficult. You know, and it's difficult to know that I, I, my lyrics aren't very metaphorical. They're pretty straightforward. So right. what's on my mind, it, everybody knows exactly what it is. So <laughs> that does create a sense of vulnerability. Yes. Gotcha.
1: So I know the uh you know, the name of the band is Asbestos Worker, but I also see that you are asbestos workers. So tell me yeah, what that two is. is two of us.
0: I don't two even know all. what that is. Uh, Me and my drummer are part of uh, the local heat and frost insulators and asbestos workers. So basically I'm a mechanical insulator. So uh, I did a lot of powerhouse and refinery work. So there you insulate hot and cold pipe uh, in a commercial building. We do all the air conditioning and the plumbing. Uh, So back in the day, uh, asbestos, the insulation, you can put a blowtorch to it and it won't burn. There is not a better insulating product out there. The only problem is, is unfortunately, it kills the people that apply it and create it. Uh, so, my trend used to be the ones that put it on. We'd put it on the walls, we'd put it on the ships and the dockyards. Uh, and so, when I was trying to come up with a name. I'm I'm 44, but I am a fan of death metal and things like that. But uh, sometimes those band titles get to be what I consider kind of cheesy yeah. <laughs> as a, as a grown man. So I, I wanted to come up with something that sounded kind of cool and dark and ominous, but not super cheesy. <laughs> but
1: I think it's really metal anyway, what you're doing, right? I mean, it's.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I tell people, you know, I kind of classified as noise rock, but I mean, I, I love grind core. I love, de- love death metal. I love just straight punk. Uh, you know, and it all finds a way to leach itself into my music. I love Cirque Frock, you know. <laughs> right.
1: But I think, uh, you know, I think just your career path is is super metal in a way, too, bringing that yeah. sort of dangerous aspect to, you know, the music as well. And that's got to yeah. leach into it, too, doesn't it? Absolutely.
0: Yep. I, uh, you know, I, and, and me and Jason, I actually met him a, a, as an apprentice, you know, when I was building my home studio, I I, I picked his brain because he actually has a degree in uh, audio engineering. Oh, okay. And so he helped me build my studio. And then when it came time to, to start performing live, I asked if he wanted to join in and uh, he's part of another band and the, their other bass player joined us. So nice. I saw you did the whole thing in a week. Yes. Yep. About six days. Uh, so the title, of "The Separation," came because uh, my my wife unfortunately left me at the end of 2019, and then as we all know, the world shut down in 2020. And so the separation is kind of a dual purpose. Uh, you know, once she left me and we separated, and then once once the lockdown happened, I kind of separated myself from the world, and I, I pretty much sat in my basement for the next two years. Wow. And then uh, so. T- about two, two months or so, I couldn't even pick up my instrument because of obvious uh, emotional stress. Right. And, and it was like when I picked up that guitar, boy, it was like everything was just there, just waiting. You know, I, I picked so you were up able to I... channel that emotion in that. Yeah. I mean, all those songs, I wrote them in about three days. And it's like I, I'd i come up with the initial riff and there wasn't even a thought about what I should do next. It, it They almost wrote themselves. I tell people it's kind of a gross way to say it, but I I mean, I just kind of, I picked up my guitar and I puked it all out. It just came out all in one shot. Like, here it is. Was this post-pandemic? This was pre-pandemic, actually. Oh, okay. Yep. So uh, my last LP I released in January of 2020, and two of the songs that are included on that album, I wrote as part of the batch of songs that are on this album
1: nice so it was all pre so during the uh the downtime or the forced downtime or whatever we had were you able to write continue writing
0: oh yeah yep yep i uh at this point in time now uh you know we we've got a couple of splits we're working on and we've got enough material for a whole another album already that i've pretty much had waiting until you know, uh, the record was finished. We even turned our masters in a, a little over a year ago, and we just got them this July because of the the pressing plan issues and, sure. and the logistical issues and all that. So, you know, this record's been done and ready to go for, for almost two years already. So wow.
1: I often say, or we often say on the show, we have conversations that um, I think the pandemic, everybody being locked down, they've all sort of honed their craft and really focused that now in 22 and even further, we're going to see like this explosion or like a renaissance
0: of the arts, not just music, everything, right? I sure hope so, boy, because I mean, it it took a toll on everybody. You can see it. And now that shows are going back again, uh, you can see how badly people want it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, just in my perspective, some of the records or some of the bands I'm fans of have released records that are like the best they've done in their career. And it's, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, I, I, I often tell people that I, I think uh, a lot of the great artists uh, did it under duress. We'll say, you you know, a lot of the great artists, their art comes from a source of trying to release pain. Right. And and the last couple of years has been a really good source material for anybody with an artistic mindset, you know, Yeah, not just the government and then the health issues, it, it, you know, it's just the whole the whole cauldron's kind of bubbling over at this point. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it. it's very interesting you said that, that, you know, uh, people are taking the time to put all that emotion from the pandemic into it and from that nonsense. And and they're reemerging with like stuff that not only is able to connect because it's from what we all went through together, but it's right top of the line because you've had so much time to, you know, hone those riffs and work out those parts and.
0: Well, I, I almost feel like uh it's almost like our generation 60s, you know, with the amount you see being put out on the airwaves it's so prevalent and forceful nowadays that you you almost can't help but feel like something is coming behind this, you know?
1: And I agree with you to a point, but I, I wish, or I sometimes wish that some of these bands, bigger bands would take on the, the issues of the time. And rather, instead of just writing fluff, does that make sense? Because then you would really have like the Joni Mitchells and the people that are taking on the establishment
0: or the fucked upness around them. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yep. And, and, you know, uh, maybe I, I'm a little lucky. You know, I, I tend to gravitate towards those. Like, like I said, I'm a big fan of Grindcore. Uh, you know, obviously the punk rock has, has had a, a long history of tackling the issues. But, it, it you know, it, it's definitely nice when you see those bigger bands do it and you wish they would do it more. Right, because you their know, platform is so much. You know so they much... got a stake in the world just as much as we do, even if they've got more fans and more money or whatever. I mean, they still have a stake in it. So. Right,
1: and then their platform gets it out to a, a bigger audience or a, yep. a greater. Yeah, I know. It's interesting how. So I, sometimes I wish that would happen because that would be really nice. But I think you're right about the 60s analogy because I think we're on that cusp or that precipice of, of music yep. or just arts. We-
0: you know, they say the world changes when people start finally getting uncomfortable and, and having to being forced out of their comfort zone. And I think that's,
1: I mean, it's getting there. I, I mean, I don't the, think you can get much more uncomfortable than, than now.
0: Right. I mean, the, the division of, of of the classes in this country, you know, I, I, there's a whole lot of us that are in the, the very uncomfortable pile. <laughs> right.
1: So sort of like a, a noise Rock
0: Bruce Springsteen. Yeah the working class metal and and that's you know uh, we've we've had that moniker uh applied to us a few times and i welcome it with open arms you know what i mean uh guys like woody guthrie i mean those are idols of mine you know i I mean him especially you you talk about the time that he did it and, and, and you know again the kind of fervor that was against people like him in this country with the red scare and all that, right. it, it, it's, it mirrors some of, uh, you know, our our own political organizations <laughs> views on, on the others, so yeah, to speak. Absolutely. You know? And, and so and if I, if I can even get close to what he accomplished, uh, I, I, I could die a successful man.
1: And I think metal has always been or had that, underlying theme of challenging the uh, not only authority but the shit yep. that doesn't make sense and and that sort of thing right i mean that's sort of inherent in the whole metalhead attitude
0: well i think it comes right from the very roots you know i mean in, in my opinion the first metal band out there was black sabbath sure. and, and you look at what they thought of, of black sabbath in the 70s they were devil worship and evil bastards but then you listen to the lyrics Right. And man those lyrics are nothing above but peace, love, harmony. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure Warpig sounds uh
1: <laughs> you know, sounds deep, dark and evil even the title, but yeah, you are 100% right, right. With the lyrics and it's not.
0: And where I think it is, is as metalheads, uh, we have uh, kind of a darker sense of humor, a darker uh, tastes in artistic value. And so I think a lot of us are willing to accept that the things that we're talking about are coming from a really dark place. And we don't need to pretend they're sugarcoat it. No. You know, this so is that, it. This is the real ugly truth. But take it, you know. So this <laughs> has
1: nothing to do with asbestos worker, but we're off on a tangent here. And I hope you don't mind. What- no. What do you think caused like somebody to listen to the first three notes of that first Sabbath album? Right, it's the uh, the Black Sabbath. It's that song. What do you think caused someone to listen to those first three notes and automatically determine it's evil and shit? I mean, I know I've heard about the tritones and all that other stuff, and I put that aside. But like just the average person, why is that automatically associated?
0: Um, I mean, uh, if you. If you think about it, I guess Sabbath, Sabbath started off as a blues band. You, you know what I mean? And if you really look at a lot of metal music, the, the blues scales and the minor scales are are so oh, yeah. prevalent. And, and personally, uh, you know, I I mean, the, you look into the history of the blues and, and it's a very uh, almost an indigenous kind of music, you know, a very, oh, yeah. very you know, and, and tribal. And, and I mean, those types, if you look at the various tribes, their musics are very visceral, you know, yeah. they're, they're things that speak to uh, a, a deeper purpose in us. Right. And so when that happened, you know, and, and again, you, you, you take the, the compounding frustration, all the people that were introduced to, to the, just the, that album, you know, I mean, you, you start that first song with just that opening Bah, yeah, you know? <laughs> like whoa, and just the dark, ominous, and then, like I said, you know, uh, we we tend to we have a negative bias in this world as human beings, you know, and so w- when you hear that it, in an era when there's a lot of frustration, a lot of darkness, a lot of uncertainty, it just it it, it immediately adds, It's almost like a, a soundtrack. You know, yeah, and so that's what I think it was. It was just uh, the, a the a soundtrack to a dystopian present.
1: <laughs> those those couple notes make you feel something for sure, but I don't know. I don't necessarily know that it you know dark and evil, but they make no. you feel something even before Ozzy comes in. Right? You're yeah. feeling it.
0: Yep. Well, and even just the the the, the subject matter. You know the yeah. the fact of it being a dream and and meeting meeting death and the devil. I mean, it's just. It's yeah. really cool. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I went on off on a total tangent there, but that's all right. I do it all the time. We just like to chat here and see what ends up happening. But so, what's uh? Are you going to be able to take asbestos worker on the road? I know with your schedule and with the
0: yep, uh, the plan is definitely do that. So, you know, me starting off as a one man band, I, I did this at, when I started. I just I, I I wanted to be a regular band, but I was impatient and I didn't have the personnel at the time. But now that I got it, you know. Uh, it's fun and cathartic to play music on a record, but as a musician that does this as a form of, of, of mental release, it's never the same unless you're on stage. So right. now, now that I got a band behind me, I mean, shows is all I'm looking forward to. So, so-, uh, so over the winter, we plan on hitting some of the, the, the areas around the Midwest just to kind of get out there and then we're hoping to get out uh, to the the Pacific Northwest next next spring, out to uh, Oregon and Washington.
1: Okay, so you, I'm going to go back for a second. You just mentioned like the on is being it, but how does it make you feel when like everything you worked on, all the time you spent writing songs and mixing and mastering, comes to life on stage in front of a crowd? Is that the ultimate?
0: That's it. I mean that's that's. There, to me, it's better than sex. The only thing that beats it is my kids. Uh, I mean, there's no experience out there where, you know, I, I, like a lot of people, uh, I, I have some self-esteem issues, and, and I have some, some uh, you know, I feel awkward half the time. But when I get on stage in front of people, uh, it's one of those only times where I'm around other human beings where I don't feel awkward like I get up there and it's just like this is where I need to be this is this is it
1: and I think if you talk to any metalhead the metal community is is like that right i mean oh, you, yeah. could, you could go around the world and drop in on a show where and you've already met it's like you met these people a hundred million times before. You automatically have something to bond over, whether yeah. it's the riff or whatever. But
0: I think that's why I feel drawn to them. Is The reason I went to those types of music is because I felt so awkward. And so I gravitated towards the other weirdos in school. Right, <laughs> There's that whole
1: community, but you don't find
0: that community in pop music or in country music. No. It's really no. specific to metal. And the community aspect of it, you, you know, yeah. I mean, the bands in the Twin Cities, the bands that we associate with around the country. It, I mean, it's a real community atmosphere. Absolutely, it, it's great. Yes, it, it's nice to see uh, cooperation instead of competition, like like you see in the big leagues. Yeah, you know? absolutely.
1: There's nothing like it. So I've got a, I'm run out of my questions, and before okay. we we come to a conclusion, I've got a little game I want to play, if you don't mind. Okay. We use, sure. it, we use it just for Instagram shorts and they do really well as teasers. Okay, So it's a little fucked up. Just go with it. All I need you to do is tell me what's happening in the picture and what's going to happen in the next frame. Okay. All right. Let me just share it with you real quick. Share. You should see that.
0: <laughs> Well, it looks like he's trying to make sushi with hot Cheetos. And in the next frame, I think the whole work starts on fire. Nice. But what do you think's in the book then? Oh, that's a book. Oh, to me, it looks like a pile of spicy Cheetos that he's holding in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. You know, I've been
1: doing this one all every uh, time we record. We use the same picture throughout yeah. all the interviews. So your number, like five or six ten, and I've gotten all kinds of different perspectives, but not that one. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I look good. Somebody told me it looked
0: new perspective.
1: Yeah. Most of the time I've heard a couple of times I've heard that it's Buddha being prepared to be enlightened. Oh, nice. <laughs> but I like the cheese doodles better, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so uh if fans want my, to- my oldest daughter is a fanatic of spicy cheetos so anytime i even see anything that color my head just goes right to spicy That's cheetos nice.
1: <laughs> So, for those not familiar with asbestos worker are you guys uh, on all social media platforms and that sort of thing
0: yes we are on instagram and facebook uh uh boy what else is there
1: there's too many, actually. I've been talking okay, to the bands well, today about Twitter. We're,
0: we're mainly Instagram and, and, and Facebook. We'll we'll put that out there. Those are the main ones that I hit. And you stay pretty active. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I I do my best to to post constant contact, uh, especially on my Facebook page because you you can uh, post links and stuff. You know, I'm very active yeah. in. Uh, you know, anybody that that likes me, uh, I try to push all the bands that I like. as well and and so i I try to do a lot of promotion of the people that i'd like to play shows with right uh, or just bands that i like in general so
1: that's good i mean that goes back to that whole metal community right it's all just
0: yep i i mean that's how a lot of these these bands got started is you know somebody somebody they knew want you know i I like to use nirvana i mean kurt cobain he hated that that fame and i think one thing he did with it really well because if it wasn't for nirvana this band i'm re- i got right here the jesus I lizard i'd never heard of them. right you know Uh because he always wanted people to listen to the shit that he listened to, you know? Right. Uh, and because he was famous and I think he didn't like it, he liked to push other people's. And so, you know, I, I just, I love that aspect of this, this type of music. Thank you for taking the time, my friend. I hope that wasn't too bad. No, that was awesome. Thank you very much. I I, know actually, I I think these things are pretty fun.
1: I know I went off on a tangent, but I try not to uh, glance at my bullet points much and just see where the conversation goes.
0: Yeah. I, personally, the, most of my conversations are tangents. I, I have a bit <laughs> of the ADD, so I, I go off in various directions all the time.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Happy holidays. Yeah. Good luck with the record, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Sounds good. Thank you very all much. Right. All right. Be well. You too. Bye. Bye.